Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Call. My name is Diana Heredia, and today we have our first episode, and I have the honor to present my first guest, which is my dear friend, David Tavares. Hi, David. How are you? Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Diana. <laughs> I'm doing very well, just here at home. It's amazing um, that you're joining my first episode and well I want to introduce a little bit David and then after you can introduce yourself but um, I want to say first that um, I actually know David from a long time back in China probably what like eight ten years ago yeah eight maybe even nine years now Wow, time time really flies, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so okay, so David has a, an amazing career. I, I admire him a lot, and his now he's in in fashion, and um, he's definitely a very interesting and and curious person. So, well, David, please, um, I. Well, when I when I met you in China, you you wanted to work in fashion, and you have all these incredible dreams. Um, can can you actually talk about you a little bit and what took you first? You're you're you live in New York. You can can you give us a, a bit of introduction of you and how did you get to China and how did all these dreams start to happen? Well, um, I'm. David Tavares, and I was born and raised in New York. And, you know, living in the city, in New York City specifically, um, has been part of what got me to where I am. Um, very blessed to be a New Yorker because you're mixed with so many different cultures and you see so many different things. Um, and you're exposed to so many different ways of celebrating life, if you want to put it that way. Um, so I've always appreciated the differences in people and what we have similar within our differences. Um, wow, that's beautiful. That's really, really incredible. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but so fast forwarding to when I was older, I had just dropped out of college at that moment, I wasn't a dropout, <laughs> but <laughs> fast forward to now that I didn't graduate, I am a dropout, but I left my last semester. I had uh, all the credits. I only needed 11 more credits. I finished my major. I finished everything, but I realized very late that I wasn't going towards a career that was really fulfilling me. Um, I was studying education and I wanted to be a teacher because I didn't love all the teachers I had and I wanted to be a better role model for future students, but I realized that I was doing that for other people. Okay. Um, but also because of my background, my socioeconomic status and all that, like the arts just wasn't something you're, um, that certain people are exposed to yeah. so easily. It's a very privileged industry in some ways. Um, okay, so so the teaching was more 
I mean, you, you, of course, you had also a motive, like you wanted to become like a better teacher, but it was a little bit like a, a safe bet. Let's, let's say like, like, like that, that, that you were thinking in, in, in that way, but your dreams were always in the arts and in, in this type of industry, right? Well, no, 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 actually. Oh. I, I wouldn't say it was a safe bet. It was really what I wanted to do. I really, I was always a good student. I went to a school with many students who aren't technically considered good, let's say in quotation marks. Um, okay. But I uh, really found joy in helping other people learn. Um, okay. And that's where my head was. And again, the arts just wasn't something that I was ever exposed to and knew existed, you know, but then with time came on, uh, things like Project Runway and America's Next Top Model started coming onto television. And that's when I finally started seeing like, oh, this isn't just something that's like created out of nowhere. There's teams behind this and there's education behind this and you people can become this. Um, I didn't know anyone from my world per se that was in it or saw that just walking down the street with how I was raised and where I was raised. But that's when I first started seeing it. So that's me in college realizing, oh, wait, look at this. This is something oh, wow. new. Oh, but I already was in college and already studying something that I did care about and I did want to do. But as I got older and as I got to my senior year, I started realizing, oh, this is the education was something I wanted to do to help other people. But the art started screaming at me because I was just like, but this is something that really interests me. And I think I can do this. It was it was like a type of passion inside you. And and you wanted yeah. to, to, to learn about it. you were curious about it. You were you. Yeah, you yeah. To, to know more. So, OK, so this is happening while you were in college so you're you're thinking okay should i switch careers should i just continue and now that i only have 11 credits left should i just finish and then try to do it in my spare time how how was your 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 transition to to make it to to make this and also sometimes you know we based a lot of our decisions in what other people will tell us or or as you said what other people will want us to do so how, how did you manage all this situation to be so brave and go to 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 your passion and what what happened what triggered you to to do this change like what happened there like when we when we met in china what was going on well, I'm happy you used the word brave. I think you can use the word brave now that things have worked out in my favor. But at the time, everyone <laughs> was telling me that I was stupid and irresponsible oh and not logical. And, you know, I understood all those things. I understood that the decision I was making wasn't, quote unquote, the responsible decision. And it was a risky decision. Um, but I really, I spent my summers working at Columbia University and was amongst like a diverse staff um, of peers. And so that's when it began my decision of like, wow, I think I want to change where my life is going. And throughout that first semester of my senior year of school, I really talked, I really thought about it. I talked to my mother. I talked to like my mentors at school. I talked to my uh, best friends and fellow students. 
And you know what? Everyone told me it was a bad idea <laughs> because <laughs> and a bad idea. But this is really like a thing. Like everyone yeah. told me it was a bad idea because what I had to do left was so easy. You know, like all I had to do was come back for another four months and do these 11 credits. Um, yeah. But for me, I had an issue with, you know, to do those 11 credits and I could have taken any classes. I had to pay thousands of dollars um, to be in this education, doing something I didn't want. And it also just made me have a bias against the educational system because I realized I don't want to do this, but because I pay this money and I get this paper, now I'm more valid. Um, so that put a bad taste in my mouth in one sense. But the other thing was more important was a friend of mine was sitting on the subway and yeah. <laughs> started talking to someone and he was studying photography and the person was like, oh, can you show me your work? Oh, I like this. Oh, you know, you should come in for an interview. And hearing that story, that's what made me decide to, to leave school because I realized like what I want, I know I want it staying where I am, I'm not going to get to it because this is a friend who's in New York City on a subway of studying fashion photography and just riding the subway, he got an opportunity. I want to go towards my opportunities. Me getting this degree is not taking me there. And I know 100% I don't want to be a teacher. So why am I going to like stall my dreams for the responsible things when I can just choose to go for my dreams now? Wow. So that's wow. kind of how it started. Um, and it was a very hard time because everyone, you know, no one supported me. Of and course. It's fair that no one supported me. I didn't have a single friend that thought what I was doing was a good idea. But that worked out best in my favor because all I had was myself to support me. And that's when I had the best relationship I've ever had with myself and really kind of learned to love myself because while everybody was telling me, no, only me was telling me. Yeah, you can believe. Um, so wow. that's like just the, the origin story. Um, but after leaving school, so I came to the city, I started interning in fashion, um, doing different things. And eventually I was thinking about finishing school. And the best way I thought I could finish my last semester of school was studying abroad. Um, which then our mutual friend Soleil said she was going to China. And within the year I had left school, I realized that the best, the best thing that's happened to me was that I struggled. It was such a hard year. I was pushing hard to get to a whole world that was so outside of me in so many ways. Um, and I just really had a hard time but looking back of that year of just struggling, I realized I got so much out of it. So when our friend Soleil said she was going to China, I was like, I can't think of a better way to struggle. Like, I know nothing of the country. I've never had any interest in going. I know nothing of the language. I know culturally we're really different. I'm that's like, this that's is incredible it. because <laughs> you kind of like already in New York, you had like hit pretty much rock bottom and then you said you know what I want to struggle a little bit more like and and you decide to go to China and it would which is in the middle of nowhere like compared like I mean talking about uh, well the other side of the world well, at least yeah. well yeah exactly and then you're 
brave enough to say, okay, yes, let's do this. Yeah, well, you know, I learned in my industry, knowledge is key. The more you know, the more references you have, the more culture, the more education. That's really what helps you in my industry. And like you said, curiosity. It's just the more curious you are and the more you go towards your curiosity, the more successful for sure you can be in my industry and probably at least any creative industry. Um, and realizing that people have had a leg up because they've been curious since maybe they were eight or maybe since high school. I just started. Like I literally am a 22 year old just starting to really be curious. And I'm in the field with people who have been curious for six, seven, 10 years. So I had to think, how am I going to catch up with where their curiosity has led them? Wow. And China was the answer. So I applied <laughs> to study abroad in China. Um, and through this long process, they were kind of swaying me against it. And I was like, no, 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 because they said it's really difficult. People who go without studying Chinese don't like it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I don't care. I want to do it. I don't care. I want to do it. I want to care. I want to do it. Um, and then judgment day came and I didn't get accepted into the program simply because they had the experience that students who's done this program and are not familiar with China don't like it. So they didn't accept me into the program. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But anyways, you kept your, I mean, your mind was set on like, I want to go to China. You were already in there in, in, in what it was already in your, in your plans. So you yeah, yeah, like I, I just went anyway. Uh, <laughs> I went so late, told me she got a job and she was definitely going. I was like, you know what? I'm still going. And I said, like, she found out she had her job in May. On July, I decided I was going. And by end of August, I was there with only a two month round trip ticket. I had no intentions of staying. It was kind of just like, go for two months, kind of get exposed to the world and come back. But then that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> then you end up staying for almost a year, right? I stayed for a year and two months. Wow. That's that's a long time. Yeah. So and China, I met you my first week there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was one of the best things, really. Like when you were there. <laughs> Never it forget was, it. It was it was it was incredible, really. Um, but so how did China did China fulfill like your your dream like what you dreamt was it what you were expecting did you struggle more um do you like after china came back to new york with a different mentality and how can all these experiences of like you know pushing ourselves like to like the most difficult situations can turn into or and and being curious about this this different like scenarios exposing ourselves like living our comfort zones like how does this change you to become even like more determined to get you to a fashion career how how was all this um let me see where to start with that <laughs> uh china just opened my eyes um to the world i think When I look back in China, besides the fact that I actually really started my career there, that's where I started styling. The best part of being there was you were in a world with people just like you. 
as a foreigner. Um, foreigners don't go to China unless they're looking for big opportunities. And especially, I mean, it's still that way now, they're such a leading power, but especially then like 2011, like it was just the beginning or maybe the bubbling of the boom. And we were all there, all these expats, like just trying to see what we can get so that we can go big. I really think all of us went there to really, to really go in search of opportunity. That's very um, true. So for me, that was the best part, just being in this city in Shanghai. We should specifically say we were in Shanghai, the best city in China to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just in like surrounded by people that you can just go anywhere and see someone who was clearly not born in China and just be like, who are you? Where are you from? And why are you here? And it was constant just being in that circle of people. Um, that was what I would say was the greatest takeaway I got from it. Just being around curious people and having your curiosities, curiosity celebrated because there was such a respect in China. Yeah. And, um, and, and some parts for expats who were true. really trying to learn that, things. That you could reinvent. Like you were in China, I felt like, each of us were able to reinvent ourselves, you know, like just be whoever you wanted to be. And that, that was also like, I think it was, it was a big opportunity for, for all of this that, that you're mentioning that you, you probably in New York had a background in education and all these, you know, friends and all these people there that were like, okay, David, like, yeah, he's, he's in education but then when you came to China you were like you you could be a new person you know so that could also be something that could um lead a lot on your favor no oh my god I mean I see my life as David before China and David after China I'm like Jesus (laughs) like before it's after that but it's true I mean don't forget too I mean I lost like a hundred pounds in China I left an obese person and came back. Yeah, wow. That's not amazing. a skinny person Thanks yet, to China. but like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to China. I, I literally, my whole appearance wow. changed. No, so, I, not so, only my inside, my outside. Yeah. But you're right. Like in New York, you know, you have family, you have friends, you have routines, you have, you have a, a predetermined shape of what you are. But going to China, which is also like a double-edged sword, you know, it's hard yeah. to lose what you are. Like in China, True. I wasn't Dominican. People didn't know what Dominican was there. So I was black and it's not a culture <laughs> that I relate to. So yeah. like, you know, it was hard to not be seen as Latino, but that's again, true. that's just one thing. There's many things that I just got yeah, to I mean, it was become and change it was, into. It was a struggle. It was a struggle course, at the, the same time. Culturally, with food, with like, with, with everything, you know, because it was great, but it was different, you know? So it was, yeah, but it, going it back time. to curiosity it you know, brings a curiosity in yourself too, you know, yeah. not just like what you see in the outside world and what you're curious of going, it brings a curiosity, like an introspective one, because you start to see like, who am I? Like, who am I, no matter where I am, no matter where I go, no matter who I'm around in what situation, like, what parts of me are never going to change? So that was really great about China as well. Yeah, well, big, like big opportunities in China. It was it was incredible times, really. 
Um, but now I want to talk about um, your fashion career taking off when you come back to New York. Like, can you just um, brief us a little bit about some of the people who you have worked with and and what how have you come to be there and uh, what has been the best out of all these you know like what 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 do you feel have has been like the most um you know the most triggering moment for you to take off in in your career in back in new york well i would have to start in china actually because that's okay. where it all started um, meeting a stylist from New York who was living in, in China. Um, she took me under her wing and that's when I started working, doing projects for Vogue China, GQ China, and really learning everything. Like the patience this person had to just teach me everything. Um, someone who was at the top of their game, just even the first thing we did was this giant commercial that was and advertisements all over the city in the taxis. Like, I just like went from just a little intern working in small projects to really like being in the industry, like going to parties and meeting Mario Testino, sitting at a table with Angelica Chung, who was the, or maybe still the editor in chief of Vogue China. Like wow. this, my, and I didn't even know if I knew then what I knew now, like <laughs> I didn't even know how cool it was what I was doing. Because for me, it was just like part of this whole experience of just learning. Like I just didn't know anything and I was just lucky to be a part of it. So that is like a big part of my whole career was just that time there. But eventually I had to come back home and I came back to New York and it was really difficult because fashion is all about who you know and um, the opportunities you get from that. And I wasn't really in fashion before China. I had been interning, but no, nothing big, doing nothing big. So it was kind of like, wow, I just went from this fabulous world of amazingness yeah. to back to the person I was before, like everything got erased. Um, and I had to restart, you know, but yeah. after two, three months of like, getting used to everything. Um, I started my hunt and I met some people who gave me opportunities and a lot of those opportunities I messed up. <laughs> I was just like, it was just a lot more aggressive. You know, I really had someone who took me under their wing and kind of took care of me and was developed and needed my help as much as I needed their help. You know, she needed an assistant and I needed a boss and we kind of became a team. But in New York, I had to, I was like a scavenger, you know, it was just <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. I could get. So it was becoming like the third assistant. So you have the stylist, you have their first assistant, their person that's always with them. You have their second assistant was like the first assistant's first assistant that <laughs> like, you know, they're always called. And then there's the third assistant. And that's the person who's literally like, just running around the city doing all the dirty work. And that was me, <laughs> you know, and that was really tough. Like I remember I, I always used to have like mixed nuts in my bag because I didn't know when I could stop and eat and I would just be around the city carrying heavy garment bags, taking this subway. Just <laughs> I was pretty much like a messenger, you know, and I barely got to like be on set with the clothes and God forbid even like share my opinion of what I liked. 
sometimes I would just sit in an Hi. Hello. Sorry, I just got a FaceTime call. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and it just stopped it. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So then I came back to New York, and I would say it was a three-year process of finally getting to a place where I was comfortable. Um, it was definitely like one year of working hard and just trying to get work. The second year was really developing relationships and having people know. Um, that I'm trustworthy and asking me to be there. So it's like first year, third assistant, second year, second assistant, third year, finally a first assistant, you know, like just slowly getting there and building a reputation as someone reliable and also someone with knowledge because the most important thing in my industry is again, who you know and what you know. So it just took me some time to become available, but it was hard, I mean, I remember for like a six month period, I didn't take a single day off. If I wasn't like in one thing, I was at like my retail job. It was just constant work, 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 stress, 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 going crazy, having terrible things happen, like fur coats being damaged that they say are $15,000 to replace, people screaming at you. I had like a phone throwing moments, like someone throwing a phone, not at me, but towards me. Oh my God. That yeah. Yeah. Insane, scary times. I can imagine also going from, as you said, from like your experience, your previous experience in China, where you were this incredible person coming from New York, the city of fashion, going to the actual New York and, and being everything really fast and, and everybody having like such a, like a very forward attitude. So It must have been like a, a, a really radical change, all this. But also in this fast pace of, of New York, then while in, in your second year, you, you were much more um, experienced. You started to make, make the right connections. What do you think was, what, what helped you more? Like your relation with people, your reference, that you were social, that you were up for all the jobs what do you think what would you say are the most like what skills were were, were the most um significant for you to take you um there? with me i i always credit my personality and my demeanor as like my most rewarding trait um everyone who works in the industry has something that is special um and for me it's always seemed just my character that's special and I think that's just the part of my character that's just like very grateful and very appreciative but at the same time very removed because of that in the sense of like this for me is incredible that I get to do this um, but I know that this is not like what's real for most people so though I'm happy to be there When things get crazy, I also know that I'm in a fantasy, you know? So I've always been very good at <laughs> maintaining of like this excitement and this like pushing extra hard just to like live in the fantasy. 
but also knowing again this is a fantasy like people have real problems people are suffering like what i'm doing is a blessing and if it ever if i ever lose it what a blessing that i got to have it so i think just keeping that <laughs> always like had that's what people liked and when people were pulling out their hair i always had a straight face and was just like it's okay like we'll work this out we had a it's different okay. solution you know yeah I, <laughs> Well, wow, that's that's amazing. Like, um, but about this fantasy, and now I want to go like to, what has been like your favorite job that that you've ever made? Can you tell us like an, a curious anecdote that happened to you? Like, the most fascinating one, like something out of the blue that you love. I mean, the experience that sticks out when it's that, especially when you say out of the blue was getting to work with Celine Dion in Paris. That was out wow. of this world. I had just come back from Portugal from another job, literally that Thursday. I had spent a week in Portugal, came back that Thursday. The following week, I had nothing lined up and purposely, because I originally wanted to stay in Europe, but then I had to come back because of work, blah, blah, blah. Um, So comes to Monday, I wake up at probably 8.30 and around nine, I get a message from someone I used to work with, their agent. And they're like, are you working this week? And I was like, no, I was going to stay in Europe and I'm like keeping it free, blah, blah, blah. I just need a break to like recover from such a like, because travel jobs are really demanding. You're, you're, it's pretty much even though you just work a certain amount of hours. You're around work people and it's just work, work, work all that time. So I was like, no. And she was like, oh, would you be available to work in Paris this week? And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, wow. sure. And she's like, okay, like we're still figuring everything out. So I'll let you know. And I was like, cool. I think about maybe half an hour, 45 minutes after that, they're like, okay, it's looking really good. You would have to go on a plane tonight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, cool. About 15 minutes after that, okay, it's 100%. They're flying you first class since it's like the same, you know, and you leave at 6 p.m. That sounds it like was a dream. A dream. <laughs> it was, you want to talk about fantasy. Wow. fantasy. So all of a sudden, by like 10.30 a.m. that day, I was on a first class flight to Paris to work for this week. Wow. This is all I knew. Okay, yeah. so I have a question. What what came what was in your mind when, when you were in that first class like and after all your struggle you were in this like you know on the top like there and and thinking about wow they now they're looking for me I'm gonna go to work with Celine Dion what what was going through your mind in in this well this it was just a lot like it went from finding out I was going to Paris I knew I was working for L'Oreal. And we, I had worked with them before with another stylist I used to work for under her. Um, and then it wasn't until a little bit later that I even found out it was Celine Dion that we were also working with for L'Oreal. I just knew we were doing a L'Oreal commercial. So it was just like such a slow pacing of information to gather. And also the person I was working with for this job, I hadn't worked with for some time. So that was also, it, it was a lot, you know, we get to, we like by the moment I sat <laughs> on the plane, it was kind of exhausting already, just the idea, but in the excitement, it's also the professional time, you know, it's like 
we had no information. Like I was on a plane to Paris on Monday night that was gonna land Tuesday morning. And Tuesday at 1 p.m., we had a fitting with Celine Dion. We did not prepare for this. <laughs> like we were not the week before gathering. Oh, wow. For... I'm curious. I'm, I'm just curious. How, how's Celine Dion? Oh, she's Dion great. Like? If anyone's a fan of her. Take me to that if room anyone's in Paris. a big fan of Celine Dion, you chose the right person because what a great, great oh, person. Like really, really amazing. amazing. And she's all about the fantasy and she brings you the fantasy and she turns it on for you. She knows you want it. And she's also very gracious. So those are the things I would say. What a like, what a phenomenal like icon, really. And very well deserving because at least from my few days with her, she gave us life. It was amazing. Um, wow. But yeah, that was my craziest experience, just being hired. So people, we were like the last call because they had some internal issues. Um, and that's why they called us the Monday to fly over and be there the next day to kind of save their butts. Um, and it was intense, you know, like I got to Paris at yeah. maybe 8.30 or 9 a.m. By 10.30, I was in the hotel, breaking down boxes, opening stuff up, getting everything ready for this 1, 1.30 p.m. show up. I had no idea where anything comes from. There's a process to how you do everything. I couldn't go with that process. I just had to go, go, go. She shows up. We go through the whole thing, you know, and I think the whole project was maybe three or four days. I was working like 16, 17 hour days. I think the most I work was 17 oh. hours one day. And then they oh would schedule God. meals. But the time they would schedule meals was the time that obviously we weren't working. But the thing was, our team had to work <laughs> because that was the only time that we weren't like needed somewhere else to do the other things that we had to do for ourselves. So it was also like one day I had a meal actually I went to the cafe you told me to go to in Saint-Germain and then oh yeah that was the only meal I yes to close I loved it I it was amazing it. I ordered so <laughs> much food they were upset with me because I couldn't finish it on they're like you know <laughs> I felt like such an <laughs> American so funny. I <laughs> yeah. ordered so much so that I can try everything and then I didn't finish any of it and they were just like but that was the <laughs> only meal I had till about 4 a.m the next day and that was probably like at 12 p.m the day before so oh my god that's that's that sounds like a really like dream job fantasy and I'm, I'm so happy you're you're having all the, all this and and also like you are as as I said in the beginning like brave and a big example that I mean by being curious following your dreams I mean you put a lot on risk but incredible things can happen when you say why not let's let's do this and and also um I would like to know after all this, like, what's actually David's motto? Like, what's your 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 motto? Like, what do you have to say to people that have been in this situation? You know, um, that you know that you're in a place that you don't want to be, and that there's something out there brighter. Of course, you need to fight, but what 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 would you tell people? I guess I have two answers this. to that question the first like my model 
for a long time now has always been the three P's as I call it, but persistence, patience, and positivity. Like you will not make it unless you keep fighting for it, which is the persistence. And even though you're fighting, you know, you have to be patient. It'll come to you, but it won't come to you the way you think. And as long as you're positive during that time, like whatever comes your way will work out. And besides that, I guess my second answer is to realize that the picture you think of what it's gonna be, is not gonna be it. Like you can't imagine what is actually gonna work out and how it's gonna work out. You can say you want this. And I think there's people where that works and that's how their life works. But I've learned that you have to kind of keep it vague in your persistence, patient and positivity. You just have to know, like, I just wanted to work in fashion. All I wanna do is work in fashion. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even wanna be a stylist, you know? Not that I didn't want to, but I didn't know I wanted to. I just wanted to work in fashion and I keep working every day to be part of this industry. What happens next is a mystery and it's just better that way because you just leave yourself open for anything. Wow, that's amazing, actually. And, and, and then you can really find what's what really inspires you by meeting like all these people and, and of course, to put out yourself there for opportunities and, and actually new adventures too, because all this adventures, right, that you've been having has like, I mean, taking you as you said to places you never imagined but you had to keep yourself open and and just enjoy it actually you you were enjoying it and and putting yourself like in in out there as much as you can yeah right? yeah and like i just i just wanted to be there <laughs> like if i think back at it like i just wanted to be there younger me me about to start this me starting this didn't really think that that was for me so like I just wanted to be there and that's all I was making sure like I just wanted to live in this world um you know and I and I learned and I've learned in just general sense of like everything like you're you can't base your future yeah. on the present especially like we're lucky to have grown really into our adulthood in the 2010s like something Instagram comes out the whole world changes you know the front of your phone now has a camera. Now we have selfie, the whole world changes. So it's just, you just have to be open because you don't know what is gonna happen next in the world and how that's just gonna change the course of your life. Wow, David, all, I, I, I really love so much your story and really thank you so much for being with us today. And just to close, um, I just want you to like give some inspiring words or something like that really moves you um, for like that we can keep in our minds then every day. And um, and yeah, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible story and, and and of success. And of course, I wish that it continues like that. And I'm sure it will because you are a hardworking, creative, and 
very curious person. Um, you know, I would actually bring it back to the Celine Dion moment because that's when I have my more special moments. There's something, especially when you're doing this for a while, you kind of get used to or comfortable or things kind of seem routine and you forget how amazing what's happening to you is. And when you get a moment where you get to work with someone like Celine Dion, what that brings out in me is like, there is a six-year-old David that comes from like behind my shoulder all of a sudden. It's like, oh my God, you're cool. <laughs> and those are the best moments. Like just my advice is to remember yourself as a child. And if your childhood self could see you now, what would they think? And like, just live in that for a second and remember that like, you didn't know this was gonna happen to you and it's happening. So like, love that moment and enjoy every moment because it's so much more than you ever dreamed of, no matter what you came from. Like, there's no way at six years old, seven years old, you knew this moment was gonna happen to you. So love it and do it kind of for them because they didn't get to have it. Oh, thank you so much for these beautiful words and big hugs oh, I miss you, you I'm recording here in Switzerland. I miss you and thank you so much for this beautiful time. All right, thank time. you for having me. I love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.